My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 129 of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for being part of the fam. Remember, if this is your first time listening to the pod, you can join our online space, community, family on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. And if you want to chit chat about the podcast on Twitter, use the hashtag Legally Clueless. It makes it easier for me to stalk you. And (laughs) we also have an amazing first season of our video series on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out. I know I'm biased when I say it's amazing, but honestly, it'll blow you away. Links to all of those platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's jump into this episode. I'm very excited, first and foremost, for the story that you are going to hear a little later. One, because of how I met this storyteller. Two, it's the first time we've recorded a storyteller from Congo. Three, it's a very powerful and necessary story. Listen to this. And I came from Congo, but now I live in Kenya. In Congo, I was with my parents and for siblings. When the war begins, the whole family, the whole village, we have to move there. They burned that house. One of the, the children of my uncle was in there, in that house. I used to ask mom, what's going on? What's wrong with these people? Why are they burning their house? In 2012, I moved with my uncle on that side. We got called Goma. So when I reached Goma, the Red Cross came. He took me and left them there. At the camp, they used to tell me that I one day I will meet with my parents. I used to talk to my brother. The first time I called through Messenger, I was like, is it you or I'm just dreaming? Yeah, I still haven't connected with my father. That is a story by Amy and man, I can't wait to tell you the story of how I met her. And you to listen to a story that's coming up on 100 African Stories a little later. However, as per usual, I'm wishing you all the grace in the world. I've realized that it may sound very cliche for me to say that in almost every recent episode, but grace is is, is important. <laughs> Extending grace to others and surrounding yourself with grace is important. So it may sound like a cliche, but I genuinely do wish you all the grace in the world for whatever it is that you're navigating or going through. I'm also very excited because this Friday, the 3rd of September, we are finally unveiling our Legally Clueless tour video series. It's a four-part series and it's going to be on our YouTube channel. I'm so proud I'm so proud and excited because we did such a good job. We really actually did such a good job. We had such a smooth experience with the tour. And I really can't wait for you to just kind of like follow us on that journey through the video episodes. It's... Ah, I'm very excited. So what you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done that already, a link to that is in the show notes. And then please share that with everybody who you think should vibe with Legally Clueless. I just think we're onto something here and I would love to be able to share that with as many people as possible who need to be part of this tribe. So if you want to subscribe and if you want to want to subscribe, turn on notifications and share our YouTube channel with everybody. And then on the 3rd of September, the first episode goes out 
and there'll be episodes throughout September, every Friday in September. I feel like watching it will be like me reliving the tour, which is like definitely a highlight of my life, like very expanding in a spiritual sense, a very expanding experience for me. Okay. I can go on and on about the video series, but I also wanted to share, I've started something new that is so fun. I, it's just amazing. While shooting the Nairobi episode, my good friend Roy, who is part of the team, he does everything video for me, is brilliant at it, found this place where I could do aerial hoop classes. So going there was specifically for the tour, but when I went... I specifically wore like jeans and stuff, like nothing sporty. Because I know Roy, I was like, this guy's going to make me get on this hoop. So if I come dressed like this, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do anything sporty or like physical, right? Wrong. He did make me get on the on the hoop and the instructor Hilda was so gracious. And so I got on this aerial hoop. And if you don't know what an aerial hoop is, it, it's literally that. It's a hoop that's suspended in the air. And you kind of get on it and you can just learn how to do different poses and dance and just like, it's exhilarating. So when I got on the hoop on that time, I was just, I can't explain it to you. It felt so good that I was like, I am starting classes after the tour. And that's what I've done. I have just started my aerial hoop classes last week. <gasps> Yo, it's absolutely amazing and vigorous because first you go through like really intense exercises first and foremost. And I have not been exercising, well, other than my squats. So that was intense, but it felt really good. I can't explain it to you. Even like the pain when you're doing an exercise, when you're just like, wow, I'm doing this for my body in your mind, then you feel the pain, yes, but it's not demoralizing. It's kind of like communicating to you like, ooh, something's happening. So it's almost exciting. So you do a vigorous exercise and then you get on the hoop. And it was so fun. I <laughs> I think I, I really liked it because I'm at a point where I've never loved my body this much. I've never loved my body as much as I do now. Yes, I still do have insecurities for sure. But I'm so loving to my body. And, and that's, okay, slightly sad that I... I'm getting to this point at 32 years old at a big age like that. But then I'm happy that I've gotten to this point. When I'm on the hoop, I, I really can't explain it. Like it's it's so liberating. It's so sensual also a bit. And, and the space that I do it is like a femme studio. So they're like really pro-women, owned by a woman. And it's like a safe space for women. So like I'm reconnecting with that femme energy and just like... <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it into words, which is crazy because that never happens to me. But it feels so good, yo. It feels so good. So I have my next lesson this week and I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'm loving doing things for my body right now. It's almost like getting into a relationship with someone and how you think about the small things that make them happy and you do those things for them. That's literally what's happening between me and my body. It's like a beautiful relationship, almost like a me it for the first time in a long 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 time anyway aerial hoop classes amazing just wanted to share that with you um i think we can jump into the song of the week which is a random song i just stumbled on it and i can't stop playing it on repeat it's a song by lion babe it's called signs honestly i have no idea what the song is about <laughs> absolutely no idea what it's about but when it comes on, I can't 
stop grooving to it. And you know, the thing is, they tell you, well, my therapist, and I guess if you read a lot of like mental wellness tips and stuff, moving your body is really good for your mental wellness. You just kind of like in that moment when you're doing something with your body to music, to like your favorite song or something, you kind of like forget whatever is stressing you and you're just in that moment that's what happens to me with this song so i don't even like focus on the lyrics i'm just like sans 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 <laughs> it's it's a really good song so check it out um groove to it maybe you can tell me what it's about but i'm busy just dancing to it i've put a link to the song in the show notes so make sure you check it out okay so 100 african stories so first let me rewind I teamed up with the French embassy in Kenya to help them select organizations for the Pisca Fund. And this basically is a fund that the French embassy in Kenya has been running for quite a few years, I think from 2001. It had a previous name, but now it's called Pisca. And since then, they have funded over 119 projects. And by funding, I mean like given over 3.2 million euros to these projects. And this money goes to Kenyan civil society organizations, which is pretty dope. So this year, 2021, they did a call out to different Kenyan civil society organizations just saying, hey, we want to support any programs you have that are really working to upskill in terms of education girls and women and so when they did this call out they got like over 200 different organizations applying to get these funds and of course then what came next is the selection process so that's where I got involved in this I was part of the selection committee which was absolutely fantastic because when I sat in that meeting, we went through so many different organizations who had applied and they'd pitched different programs that they wanted to do to help girls and women. And I left that selection process, I left it very hopeful because there were projects from different parts of Kenya, like from Kisumu, Turkana, Garissa, Kitui, Machakos, Mombasa, like all over the place. And there were just such fantastic programs. I was just so hopeful because also the programs are coming from organizations that are doing good work already. So sometimes we only get to know about the wrong that's happening in the country. During that selection committee process, I was like, ah, there's so much good happening. Anyway, so we went through the process. We selected um, a couple of organizations that were going to receive funds from the Pisca Fund to be able to run their programs. And then I got to visit one of the selected organizations, and it's an organization called Refugee. Basically, what Refugee does is they help girls who are refugees, right? So in various ways, it could be giving them digital skills, fashion design skills, and so many others. They also have a shelter for some of the refugees who are survivors of sexual violence, um, they really have built a beautiful community for the girls to support one another, to learn skills, and then to just be able to land on their feet and fend for themselves using the skills that they've learned. When I went for this visit, what was so interesting is I drove in and I was like, I feel like I've been here before. I feel like I've been here before. And I just couldn't shake off that feeling. I got there and I met the CEO and I was telling him, yo, 
man, I feel like I've been here before, but I, like it didn't look like this. I've been here before. So they were previously known by another name way back in the day. And turns out I had done a workshop with some girls who had survived rape back then at their organization. I think that must have been like 2013. Yeah, 2013 or 2014, around that time. It was so wild. It was like a full circle moment. Anyway, so we go for this visit and it's absolutely beautiful. The French ambassador is there, the French embassy team as well. We get to meet quite a few of the girls who are part of Refugee, understand what they want to achieve with these skills that they're learning. And then we met Aimee. Aimee is from Congo and because of the war, she found herself separated from her family and found herself in Kenya. And she's really been supported by Refugee to get back on her feet. So on 100 African Stories in this episode, Amy shares her story. 100 African Stories powered by Pisca, a fund by the French Embassy in Kenya set up specifically to support Kenyan civil society organizations. My name is Aime Owase and I came from Congo but now I live in Kenya. I'm a second born child. In Congo, I was with my parents and four siblings, two girls and two boys. But now I'm alone here in Kenya. I left them in Congo. In Congo, I remember a lot of things, a lot, because I've been in Congo like it's 12 years or 13. My childhood was huge good with my siblings and parents, but it ended up not that, that much good because of the war. The beginning was good. I was born there, raised there. I remember a lot, a lot of jokes with my siblings, love from our parents, neighbors, yeah, but I didn't things get changed. In Congo, I had a lot of friends. We used to go and fetching water and playing football. I was like a, a, a boy. <laughs> I was like a boy. I used to play with the boys because I'm second born. The first born in, in, uh, in our family, it's a boy. And the third born, it's a boy. So you see, I was like a boy too. <laughs> yeah, we used to play and to, I don't know how I can call it, to sana, like, yeah. <laughs> but it was good, it was good. My brothers, they always told me that I'm a girl. You go and help mom, we don't want to see you here, just move. And me, I don't want to go where they want me to go. Just stay by force. You see, in our country, the, f the family lives together. You see, mm -hmm. like uncles on side of mom and aunties. We live the whole family in one village. They are my friends, but at the same time, they are my relatives, you see. <laughs> A normal day, I'll get up go and fetching water in early early very early in the morning go to search for woods and then we we come back take shower then go to school till the suburb one and then we came back home eat then uh, go back fetching water come back and then you see in our country we we, we, we took shower in the morning and then 
the whole day there is no shower again <laughs> we just come back and then do some stuff in home helping our mom having some jokes sports playing football then come back and sleep that's our day but in a weekend we go to i don't know how i can call it uh, cows we we may wake up in morning or in the morning and when the whole day we came back like six i go with my brothers and cousin brother so he's always bigger than me we stay there we drink milk there and eat there and it's far from home then we came back you see my mom it's now fine with it but i have to go at five years i was young but in our country i can say it's okay it's a good country because it's my home country but when i was five we used to move from one place to another when we reached there we moved from it to another like we don't have the specific place that we live when the war begins the whole family the whole village we have to move there and go on the other place because that place already burned i saw i i saw the it was our neighbor house but that house lived my uncle in mom on my mom's side they burned that house and one of the the children of my uncle was in there in that house they burned the house and i was young but i remember when we moved on that place and the house is burning and child is inside people are crying like she was there she was there why can't you bring out of that house and like they don't have the opportunity to to remove that child in the house when we moved from that place we we went but they they were crying and then that wife of my uncle was crying very very crying my child my child he say i remember at seven years or eight we 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 moved like in four place at the, at, at the same day <laughs> we when we reached on the the other place they burn it we remove we remove it was four times i remember it i used to ask mom always i ask mom what what's going on what's wrong with these people why why are they burning their house like i don't understand my mom told me i don't even know as you see even though you are a child we didn't do anything we didn't do anything but you see when we reach here they came we we move we move we move so i don't know too but god will help us i've been in counseling session I've been seeing therapist now I can say it's it's not like the days yeah but eco a little bit yeah eco in 2012 I I I moved with my uncle on that side and we moved in our place we got place called Goma Goma it's it has a border in Congo and Rwanda like yeah we went there that's how I have been separated with my family it was 2012 then the war again uh when the war begins that time I was a little bit big big girl on, on that time the war began they told us we have to go and when we go we don't have to go the near village we have to go far and I went with my cousins and my uncles sons and daughters my mom told him that you have to go with with her 
so that she may be safe. I will stay here with her, her siblings. That's how I came from my country. So when I reached Goma, the Red Cross came. When the Red Cross came, it took me and left them there. There was no big car. Yeah, I came in Kenya across the Red Cross. I was crying. I was crying. I didn't want to leave them Goma in Congo, but they told me that I have to go because they had hope that also they may come. The Red Cross take us... Uh, there are camps in Uganda called Natural. They took us in Natural camp. We stayed there like two weeks. And then, you see, they already took me like a child, and I have to go with Red Cross wherever they are going. I came with Red Cross to Natural, then Natural to Kenya. Uh, life at the camp was, was not... Damn good, but also good because I, I was not with my family or my parents. I was alone, but Red Cross tried to help me with basic needs. At the camp, I, w I would wake up and taking some tea, going some counseling session. They, were, they used to tell me that I, one day I will meet with my parents. I was young. I was 14 or 13. When I came to Kenya first, I go to an organization called HIAS. It helps uh, children, refugees. I went there at that time. They was trying to help me to go in safe house, but it, it couldn't be possible because one of the caseworkers told them that there is a caregiver or a foster parent who lives alone. And she's a, a grandma. She's like a grandma. She can contact her and then see if it, it is possible to talk me and live with her. That's, that's how they call them. They call that grandma, Shosh. I used to call him Shosh. Her Shosh. Then came to hire us, that organization, negotiate, and then they told her that they will be helping her so that she may help me too. That on that day, they called that grandma and took me to their home. That life was amazing. That church was none, you know, none. In the church? Yeah. I was the only one child in the house, so we lived two two of us in, in, in the same house. She treated me like her own daughter. I lived with, with her from 2015, May, if I remember well, May up to 2021, May. 2021. Yeah, last yeah, yeah, ah. last month. Oh, last month. Yeah. Okay. Last month she went in US. She traveled. Mm. She been resettled in mm. the United States. But um I'm a grown up now. Mm. I'm not I'm not a minor. I'm just a grown up girl with I have a work to do. I have a salary. I have artisan collective, mm. friends, family. Yeah. Okay. But I stayed alone in the house. In 2015, mm -hmm. as well, when I came in Kenya, you see, I have told you Hayas, but Hayas took my case to refugee. Mm -hmm. At that time, I was minor, mm -hmm. and that time, refugee has been helping minors. Mm -hmm. 
And then I came from Hayas to Refishi. At that time, Refishi called Heshima, Kenya. Yeah, now they changed name. It's Refishi. I have joined Refishi in 2015, in I guess in August, through UNHCR. UNHCR took my case and gave to Heshima, Kenya. At that time, it was Refishi. But because I, I have a grandma, they couldn't take me to safe house. They helped me through grandma. Mm -hmm. Then I live with grandma through Heshima, Kenya, Refishi. Yeah, I've been in a lot of programs in Refishi. I've been in classes, like normal classes. It is not standard. Here in Refishi, we call it levels. Mm -hmm. Level one, level two, and then I go to level three. I did KCPA. I, I finished, I, I joined Artisan Collective. I signed contract for doing this. No, before I have joined grade three, I did NITA exams. Grade three, it's where we used to learn about dressmaking, um, skirts making, um, some of decoration with the kitenge, like those stuff. In level two, you see it's, we upgrade. We did tie and dye course, everything about designing. And then when, when I finished level two, I went to Artisan Collective. Mm -hmm. Artisan Collective, it's, uh, we do scarves, we do a lot of things. We do um, bandanas, we do cushions, we do like pillowcases, everything in those, uh, those material of tie and dye. Because I've been through those classes and we did an Kenyan examination, NITA, for vocational training, and I passed in 2018. Uh, in 2019 too, I passed in grade two. You see, I was that hope I that I would join Artisan Collective because I've been passing those exams, those Kenyan exams. When we finished those exams, we did an interview. I was scared, but, <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, okay, God ha has been my, I don't know, my comforter from since Day one, I came to Kenya. I think this too, it will be good. That's how I did interview and passed. And then I joined Artisan. And then I become a leader. Now I'm a group leader. It was 2017. Red Cross again came home. And they told me they want to go and set my parents they go they see some and others they told me maybe they are not around there maybe some were death I don't know something like that but for those Walwuna they told me that the contact that I I may use to reach them they gave me I used to talk to my brother the, the first time I called through messenger and I was like is it you or I'm just dreaming? Even him was like, what, is it you? You, you? you have grown, you are like, he was surprised. Even me, I was surprised too, but God did it. I, I speak with my uncle, my grandma. On the, the following year, I speak to my mom because at that time, my, my uncle and brother were not at the same place, you, you see? The way I came, that's the way they have been separated. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes to there, yeah.
surprise. Mom was like, no, no, it's not you. <laughs> Even the, the, the voice was like, it's not you. Like, we're but now I'm like, you. <laughs> you're quiet. Like, yeah, I was, I was, I was excited. Mm. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't connect with my father and my aunties from my mom's side, my cousins, most of them. Yeah. But hopefully I will connect with them. Till now they move from one place to another, but when Corona came, they don't have even the other place to go. The way I came here, it's through Red Cross and Red Cross now can, uh, I don't think if they, they go there cause of Corona, mm -hmm. borders are crossed, everything is crossed. Yeah, they're still there and they're excited about me. Yeah, I send them my pictures, they're like, wow. <laughs> While I was in therapy, I used to work out with fear. Mm -hmm. I had fear in me. I was not comfortable. I was sick. Like, you see, uh, I, I, I'm not strong as my age. I was looking like uh, a small girl, and that time I was big. My mentally was not okay i used to talk something which is i don't know how i can tell but you, you can't explain well what is it the, the counselor told me that it's what i have been through and what i have been seeing in my eyes while while i was a child that's coming out like during the night i used to scream like they burn it they burn it I, I see it, like that stuff. I don't used to sleep well. It's like one hour I wake up the whole night. Even that one hour I sleep, it's I used to dream something bad and I scream. But they used to help me step by step. I overcame it. Now <laughs> I'm proud of being me, just who I am right now. Because when I came, in Kenya, I was still minor, but when the years goes on, goes on, that grandma used to help me through the organization. But when I finished KCP, I joined grade three. I used to work in holidays and weekend and get some money and help my grandma. When I joined Artisan, I start to receive my stipend. We received stipend, not salary. But that stipend, I used to pay rent, house, buy foods, buy my clothes, some makeup. And Shosh was very proud of me. I was very proud of myself. In Eshima, Kenya right now, there are many, yeah, in refugee, sorry, right now, there are many minors, many girls. They used to tell me that I'm like their role model. Like you have been through, they told us you have been through, but you passed in grade three, you passed in grade two, like you work hard. Now you are a leader, like you are our leader. We look at you, we want to be like you. And I feel that I'm blessed. If I could talk to a girl who had been waiting through, like what I have went through, I could tell her to be patient, work hard, pray hard, that God is everything. Put education first. Learn. She don't want to be like 
in in the in the same zone that zone of fear that zone of feeling helpless no just overcome it seeing some therapist counselors to help her so that she may reach to her goals even la- last last night i was reading some stories i was watching some news from our congo till now during the night five five like female was died you mm-hmm. see it's not good till now but i have hopes i'm here i'm still learning with the other youth i know one day we will go back to our country because we have started we have gained some good things from outside our country that we will take back home and build our country i would like to tell the world that my country especially my tribe wanyamlenge we called wanyamlenge we are suffering and we have been suffering a lot it's been like i don't know many years but we need their help we we need the world to to see what our our country is going through congo you know congo most people are here but most of them are wanyamlenge we have been struggling since we were kids up to now nothing changed i would like to tell the world that if there is something they can help us they may come to our country and help us so that we may go back to build our country a hundred african stories the french embassy in kenya has so far funded over 119 programs with over 3.2 million euros for more information on the pisca fund and how you can benefit from this support visit ke.ambafrance.org forward slash development hyphen corporation i found that story to be so powerful i was in this room with amy when we were recording it and we were in actually the yoga room at refuge and we were sitting on the ground on pillows and it was just such a a moment i i don't know how to describe it but it was such a moment it's and she she's got this calm powerful happy jovial demeanor almost oblivious right to how much power there is in her story where she she went through this extreme experience that is so hard to even try and imagine what it would be like to go through it and then took that and turned it around and made it such a powerful thing it's like it, it's it's so effortless for her to do it and so when we were recording the story I was like wow does does this woman know how powerful she is and i just find that this is such an important story it's necessary it should not be forgotten and it's just so powerful. I also do commend Refugee for the work that they're doing. You can really hear it through Amy's story like how far she's come and the skills that she's learned and now that she's making a living at Refugee from the skills that she learned there which is just so powerful. So maybe you are running an organization here in Kenya that could really benefit from the Pisca fund. I know from running my own trust the initiative it's not easy to find funding. I think I've spoken about that on this podcast before. I've spoken about the one time that we applied for like weeks and weeks and weeks and then we we didn't get it. So it's not it's not easy yet for you to really have this impact. You do need something to like grease the wheels, right? So what I've done is in the show notes, I've put a link to 
the Pisca Fund page, our website actually. And so just keep going back there. I think the next call out will be sometime next year. Keep going back there or even go now and just see the type of organizations that are getting funding. Read a lot about the funding game. I think that's what I've been doing with my initiative and it's helped. Understanding how to communicate your project or program better. Understand how to build sustainable programs, programs that can be scaled, programs where you can track activity and the impact that you're having. I think it's really important to just go to that Pisca Fund website page and and understand more about what that kind of looks like. And then so when the next call out is done, your organization and the programs that you want to do could actually be the next ones that I'm visiting. I'd really love that. And if you know somebody, maybe you don't have an organization, but you know somebody who is running their own organization or is trying to impact their community in one way or another and could benefit from the Pisca Fund, send that link to them. I think it's important to just share this information across the board. The link is in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. All right, I have to report myself. I've not been, I don't know why the have came out like that. So dramatic, gosh, Adele. Um, I have not been checking the hotline because of the tour and everything that's been going on but now i'm like settling down and i came across the sweetest message listen to this hello adele i just want to say thank you for sharing the stories in the legally clueless i really love the stories i really love the kind of convos that you have before the storyteller and you being real and sharing about your emotions i feel like they've really 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 helped me and even to understand some of these emotions because i've been always been the person who suppresses everything and just going through the moment without even thinking them through and sometimes i feel like i've just compile them that you know since i started listening to legally i have started to confront them i'm just like okay who are you what's your name <laughs> And trying to solve all my issues. So thank you. Thank you very much. Continue doing what you're doing. And I hope one day I'll be able to even share a story in your platform. Thank you. That is such a sweet message for two reasons. One, I think sometimes in the episodes, my bits where I talk, the reason why I'm super open in those moments is because I feel like nobody listens to them. <laughs> Which doesn't make me feel bad. It's more like, phew. So I can just like let loose and just like tell all my tea. But then also, secondly, you said something that was so interesting because it's come up in a couple of my therapy sessions where one, I'm always encouraged to allow myself to feel the feelings that I'm feeling and not bottle them out, but also to like give them a name and really interrogate what is this you're feeling? And then that helps you figure out why are you feeling this way and kind of like the effects of those feelings so when you say that I was just like oh my god it's like she's been eavesdropping on my therapy sessions but I'm really glad that you connect to this podcast I think I say that so often in almost every episode but honestly I was thinking about it the other day or rather I think while we were in tour I never really fitted in in traditional radio to be quite frank I sometimes wonder if any bit of that experience was real especially towards the end I know when I started my radio career it was like I was a a hundred percent enjoying the experience because myself and the co-host I had at the time we were kind of like I don't want to say misfits but like just people who clearly we like stood out like a sore thumb in the industry and we were okay with that because we were just being ourselves and then the more I got into it and then moved to kiss and stuff the more that began to change and I just felt like I didn't belong 
And I just thought I was not enough of what people wanted to see or to hear. And I didn't know how to be what seemed to be selling more. In a media house, you keep getting bombarded with, oh, you need to be more of this and more of that. And it's just like, I'm okay how I am. (laughs) And I think towards the end, I started to feel like, okay, maybe nobody connects with me. And that's, that's fine. It's a bit sad <laughs> considering the career path I've chosen, but but that's fine. I'm not going to change who I am because I don't know how to, to do that, right? So then creating this podcast, it just feels so good to know that, not that I'm getting validation from the outside in, but that it's okay for me to be who I am. That's fine. There's space for for that. And yeah, so when I get, get those messages, it's just like, Yay, after 10 years of like weirdness in traditional media, it feels good. So I thank you. And of course, if you check out the show notes, our Legally Clueless hotline number is there in case you hear something on this podcast that you relate with and you want to send me a voice note. I'm all ears, man. Also in the show notes, in case you want to share your story on this podcast, there is a form for you to fill. Fill it, and I will get back to you. It might take some while for me to get back to you, but the reason I do that is to allow you to sit with the application, to change your mind if you need to change your mind, but always be on the lookout, because I'll come like a thief in the night. Okay, I don't know what I'm saying there. Yeah, always be on the lookout, because I will get back to you after you've filled the form. And finally, remember, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because 3rd of September, I'm so excited about it. Our video series, well, the tour video series goes live with the first episode and there's going to be an episode out every Friday in September and I am just beyond myself with excitement because I can't wait to share this with you. To be quite frank, I think that's it. I can't wait to share this with you. So subscribe to the Legally Clueless YouTube channel. A link to it is in the show notes. And prepare for the 3rd of September. I don't know why I'm singing it. I think I need to end this episode here. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.